Back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You know the show is live online to you, to all devices, anything that has the internet, desktop, laptop, tablet, iPod, iPad, smartphone, whatever it may be, you can get MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, the live stream. Make sure you become a member for free so you're emailed every single time the show goes live. You'll never miss a live opportunity again of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, as well as specialty shows like down here in Brooklyn, where we're doing an extra show on Saturday, March 10th as well, in coverage of the ACC Tournament Championship Week and Wake Up Call Bracketology, because that's right, I do my own 68 teams and who I think is in and whatnot in Bracketology. So I've read it for a while, seen what other people are doing, and felt like last year it was time for me to really branch out, I should say two years ago, and so we're continuing Bracketology this year as well. So all that college basketball talk, and as you know, For the last three years, this being the third year, we have had a former Syracuse player on every single day of Championship Week here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. At least one player on each show, and today is no different with Terrence Roberts of Syracuse Orange History. Terrence, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And, and, And Terrence... You know, you have, uh, you've had a very interesting road. I mean, you and I spoke last year. You were overseas. You spent some time with Eric Devendorf on the same team. Now you're back in Rochester. Bring me into this. What's going on? What you're doing? You, I mean, you know, Syracuse fans need to know that you're not too far away. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of my good friends actually got the head coaching job. Uh, coaching so, he asked me if I wanted to come out. I was playing uh, overseas earlier in the year. I had to come back home and take care of uh, some personal things. And he decided to you know let, let me come join the teams and help me keep in shape and get myself able to go back overseas hopefully this summer. So bring me into the Rochester experience so far and just what you've taken away from it, what it's been for you, just what you could say about Rochester. Uh, I mean, Rochester is there's so many Syracuse the time of year, you know, it's like snow pretty much every day <laughs> at some point during the day. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like being back in college. Uh, and the league's okay. It's the, the league's first year. It's the old PBA. It's the old PBA league that you get in your name. But for the most part, you know, it's playing with a bunch of good guys, you know, who's trying to figure out their career. For me, it's trying to get me back in shape and get ready to go play somewhere else. And when we look at the NAPB, like you said, uh, first year of the league, we have Albany, Yakima, Ohio, Kansas City, Kentucky, Rochester, Vancouver, and Nevada. So kind of all over the place here. Just what you could say about the experience that you've had so far. Well, it's a very good experience. The competition level is much better than I expected it to be. You know, guys night in, night out can, uh, can go. I mean, last night we played against Duke. We played against a uh, guy from Duke. I mean, he, pretty good uh, Tyler Thornton so he was the guard on the team over there we played the Washington team uh, Yakima so yeah they were pretty good we ended up losing but you know tough game we've had a rough season rough guard so far but still keep going keep fighting I've been here for about a month now played in seven games I believe and just trying to figure it out and continue continue to play hard and finish the season strong Speaking here with Terrence Roberts, former Syracuse basketball player. Terrence, you know, like you said, you've got you've got a few games under your belt there with Rochester, the 
the competition is better than you thought it would be. Just what you could say about, you know, I, I know that the ABA is trying to come back to Syracuse with the Syracuse Stallions, the NAPB, and you're out there with the Rochester Razor Sharks. Just what you can say about, you know, these these other pieces of basketball because the NBA obviously is the top of the top in the sense of, of America, but at the same time, the NBA with some people has kind of, gone out of favor, you know, with, with some people that are watching and whatnot. So the NAPB, the ABA, they offer other experiences, other opportunities to see people. Just what you could say about the benefits of having an ABA, the benefits of having an NAPB. Well, the, the benefit of it is, you know, you get, you got guys out here that are coaching their tails off. you got players who are playing their butts off, trying to get to that next level, you know, trying to show and prove that, you know, they're still capable of playing and playing at a high level without having to go overseas. In my opinion, a lot of these guys stay here because they want to be close to their family. They don't want to travel overseas. If you can make just as much money in some of these leagues, which I don't know if, they, if they're at that level yet, but, you know, there's some people that, that it's not about the money. It's about progressing their career and, you know, eventually playing in the D-League or eventually playing in the NBA. So, what better way to do it is to, to be closer to home where people can see where, where more eyes can see you. Do you feel like, you know, with the Rochester Razor Sharks, I know you've only had a few games, but do you get a sense of that that there is some looking at this? I mean, did they talk to you about scouts coming to games like this? I mean, are there guys that are traveling around the country kind of taking a look at who's out there? What can you say about the opportunity or the eyes on you, so to speak? You know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I doubt people are coming to the games. The scouts aren't going to come to the games and stuff like this, but a lot of this stuff is online. So I'm sure if guys wanted to be seen, they're sending their film out. You know, that's the main thing, guys. Get game film and be able to send it out to different scouts, send it out to different uh, coaches and teams overseas or for the NBA and stuff like that, and using that as a stepping stone to progress their career down the line. Terrence, you have had a, a lot of different experiences. You have been all over the place in your life. For those that don't know, you and I have discussed it before, give me the timeline. So you end at Syracuse, and then give me that professional timeline from there all the way to where you are today, because you've had so many stops that I want to make sure that people know exactly where you've been. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've kind of been all over the place, man, that's going back to 2007, that seems like so long ago. I, mean, I, I start off, I go to Greece, I leave Greece, I go to Israel, and then I go from Israel to uh, Romania, and then Romania, after Romania, I went and played in D-League, what did you think? Yeah, we played in the D-League, and then D-League, I went back overseas, uh, played in Japan for a year, and I played in South Korea, and then I did in 2011. I was in Oklahoma City, and then I was with the Lakers D-League team. And then after that, I was with Eric in... Uh, no, after that, I was in Ukraine. I went from Ukraine, and I played in Jordan. And after Jordan, I, I played in uh, New Zealand with Eric, and then... This year, uh, this past summer, I was in Bolivia. I played in Bolivia, and then after Bolivia, I was in Turner. And after Qatar, came came back home around a little after Christmas, and then I've been out uh, around Christmas, and then I, after that, I was just here, came to uh, play in this league. 
think it's, that's everything. I think that's pretty much everything. <laughs> so when people I say... Know, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the order's right, but that's pretty <laughs> much it. So when people say you need to go out and see the world, you know, when you always hear that, that, that statement like, you know, you need, to, you need to get cultured, you need to go out and see the world... I would believe that yeah, you've that. been cultured a little bit there, Terrence. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What have you learned on the basketball court, off the basketball court? What ha- I mean, you have been literally, legitimately all over this globe. What have you taken away from it? Well, you know, just the different cultures. You know, there's, different, there's, there's so many different levels of basketball and it's it's always an adjustment going to a different country because the game is played different in every country. New Zealand is a lot different from playing in the States. The States is a lot different from playing in Japan. Japan is a lot different from playing in Korea. So just being able to adjust to the level of play that you're going to encounter and the way it's played and each each coaching system, each uh, Every culture that you're in, as far as like dieting and eating and stuff like that, it's all tough. So. I mean, but it, it, it does it does a lot it does a lot for me because it allows me to see it allows me to see the world and, and enjoy myself in that way. What have you kind of remembered the most of it? Be it a food, be it a language, be it a place, be it a a, a spot that was kind of your spot where you were somewhere. What are some of those ones? I mean, when you look back on it, you've had a cornucopia. I mean, you, you've had a Thanksgiving spread of being around this world. So, you know, give me a piece of fruit, a piece of meat, you know, some this, some of this, some of that, some mashed potatoes. What can you say are the things you took away the most from it? Uh, you know, I think the, the one thing I took away the most from it is that wherever you go, whatever you do, you have to enjoy it. You have to have some of it, even if it's, not the best situation. You have to make the best of it. I mean, one of my favorite places to go is um, New Zealand. Give me an opportunity to play with one of my old teammates, Eric, and see his group as a player and as a man and as a father. And just to uh, kind of reach in my career a little bit and walk and play. And New Zealand is an absolutely beautiful country, top to bottom. was probably one of my favorite countries to play in. So, you know, that experience alone was like that coming from Terrence Roberts, Terrence Roberts, former Syracuse basketball player and continues to play to this day. Demetrius Nichols, who I spoke with recently in Croatia, he's been playing for a very long time as well. And he has, you know, extended his career over a decade. We are in 2018. You have extended your career over a decade. Just what you could say about longevity. I mean, you and, and Demetrius are still playing basketball here in 2018, which is absolutely amazing for the both of you. And Dan Watkins. Dan Watkins as well. He has probably been at Demetrius has played high level in basketball. I haven't been at Switch. They have been injured. That's like that. Those guys go smoke. They... We take care of our bodies to the best abilities. I probably have maybe a year or two left to me at, at most. And when John Wilkins, he's probably got four or five Demetrius probably even longer. So, you know, it, 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 it's all about being focused on what you're doing, being able to adjust, understanding, understanding your body, and, and taking it right past. And, you know, I mean, you like you said, with, uh, with Daryl Mookie Watkins, I mean, he's extended his time 
and yourself and, and Demetrius Nichols, this trio of Syracuse players that's just found longevity in it. Just what you can say. I know we spoke about this a little bit before, but what you know, what is because everybody wants to know, like, what's the magic pill? What's the secret sauce? And I was like, you eat healthy, and you got to work out, and you got to have a strong yeah, mind. And you know what I mean? coming from Terrence Roberts, former Syracuse men's basketball player. Terrence, before I let you go, you talk about keep playing, continuing to play. Syracuse is looking for life, hoping for life. They want to continue to play. They want a chance in the NCAA tournament. What are your thoughts on their season? They got to 20 wins. They did it with like five guys, five and a half, maybe six at times, but typically five guys. So just what you could say about what they did to get to where they are and if you feel like there should be life for them in the NCAA tournament. Well, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be tough. They've had, they've had a rough year with not having a lot of guys, not having a lot of bodies. But that's a resilient, resilient group. When you look back to when, uh, when they made their final season, it's very similar to that. And they're a resilient group. They, and they started clicking at the right time when they got into the NCAA tournament. So hopefully, hopefully the committee can see it the way that the fans see it and maybe we can speak in. But if not, so the NIT, so to say, let's see if we can go get a championship there and look to build for next year. When you look at, like you said, you know, go to the NIT and build a championship for next year, so you know, there, there's the notion that the NIT, you know, people say not in tournament. There's that negativity, the air around it. They went to the NIT last season, and some fans showed up, but people kind of just were like lethargic about it. And when it ended, it was like, "Thank you, the bleeding is over." What do you think about the NIT? Because an opportunity is an opportunity, but there is the notion of you could turn around to the NIT and go, you know, thanks, but no thanks. But what I mean, what do you think about the NIT and and if they are there, just what that could be for them, and and if if you feel like the stigma of the NIT being a bad place to be, so to speak, if if that stigma is incorrect. Yeah, I definitely think that stigma is incorrect. But as a college athlete, I understand. Us here, we we didn't get in, and we thought we got snubbed, and we didn't want to play in the NCAA tournament and come into the NIT and all of that. But once once we got going, we realized that the fans were behind us, and like Lawrence Morton always told me, and I'm sure he said it to, to you guys, you know, every day is a, every day is an opportunity to, to to make yourself better and present yourself in a 
in a prime in a prime scenario where you can progress your game and people can see you progress your game. So that's what they have to look at it as. If they end up getting into the well, they, if they don't get into the NCAA tournament, they definitely get into the NIT. So if they get into the NIT, they just got to look at it as an opportunity to better themselves, better their career, better their, better their team moving forward. You can't look at you can't look at it in a negative light. Because if you look at it in a negative light, you'll be out of there early. To look at this season and see what they've done at this point with 20 wins and 13 losses. Terrence, they defeated Miami at Miami, Louisville at Louisville. They took down Clemson, who ended in the top four of the ACC and is in the top four of the ACC tournament in the semifinals. They took down Virginia Tech. They defeated Georgetown at Georgetown in a tough game in overtime, even though Georgetown's season's been up and down. They defeated Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They defeated Buffalo, who's a tournament team this year. They went to double overtime with Florida State when Florida State was playing 11, 12, 13 guys. Syracuse had little to nothing. They had nine points off their bench. Florida State had 45 points, which means... The starters almost completely outscored the entire team of Florida State and pushed them all the way to two overtimes despite the loss. So, with that being said, and that body of work, and really their only bad loss this season, quote-unquote, is to Georgia Tech, because St. Bonnie's is a good team and the other teams they lost to are are you know either above them in the ACC or, or very close, or they split with teams like BC. When we look at Syracuse and we look at this season – with five guys, five and a half, maybe six, they got all those victories. They only have one bad loss in 33 games. So I know that it's not the most beautiful of seasons, but how does the committee not take a look at this and go, you got to 20 wins in the toughest conference in basketball with five players, and you have at least six quality wins, and of 33 games, you only have one truly bad loss. How do you not put them in? The thing about the committee, in my opinion, is is what's going to sell tickets. So if they believe Syracuse is going to sell tickets and make a run, I honestly believe they'll get in. Because this team, in my opinion, is very similar to the Malachi Richardson kind of team. Everybody's over sitting down there and then he up doing work. He came together late and he made a run and they're still been talking to get to the final four. I believe this, I believe this team can do that. But if, if the committee and the NCAA don't believe that they're worthy of trust me, they, 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 they'll have them out of their So, so you think it comes down to if the NCAA believes a it can Syracuse can sell tickets and b if they can make a run? Yeah, that, that, that's my that's my thing. I think the selling tickets is the major key. You have teams like. Oklahoma who are like 10 and 15 in their last 17 games and or 2 and 15 in their last 17 games and, and they're talking about that, them getting it. So, and, and, and that's solely because of, of TAU. So, you know what I mean? It, it's all about what's going to sell tickets and, and sell out stadiums. It's all about the money. The money comes first, in my opinion. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you bring up Trey Young in Oklahoma. I mean, this team, I want to go to, you know, their their debacle. I mean, Trey Young considered, 
you know, up there for the National Player of the Year and everything that he's done up to this point and, you know, people paying attention to Oklahoma more and more so because of Trey Young and, and what he's been able to do this season and putting them on the map. But let's take a look at their record. They had the same record in conference play as Syracuse did. They both ended the regular season 8-10. and 10. The Big 12 was 8-10 and 10 in the – or, pardon me, Oklahoma was big to, was 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12. Syracuse was 8-10 and 10 in the regular season in the ACC. Oklahoma started off the season and went on a major, major winning streak. I mean, we look at this. Ten games in a row that they won. They started off 2-1, and one, so they, they won 12 of their first 13 games, and then they just went off from there. You look at a loss to Texas, a loss to West Virginia, loss to Iowa State, loss to Texas Tech, loss to Texas again, loss to Kansas. That's six losses in a row. Then they beat Kansas State, lose to Baylor, beat Iowa State the second time around, lose to Oklahoma State. I mean, this is a team that has not really shown up. And in the first round of the Big 12, Big 12 tournament, they got bumped out in the first round by Oklahoma State by 11 points. So they didn't even make it past the first round. Right. I said, just search you the hope you're able to play in game and let it finish it out that way. I'm all for that. Is having a play in game with, with Oklahoma and Syracuse? Yeah, I'm all for that. Why not? Well, you know, I, I guess there's nothing to lose because Syracuse won a game in their tournament this season and Oklahoma did not. And Syracuse did not have a debacle of a six-game losing streak down the stretch, nor did they lose, you know, in the first round of the tournament like we were talking. I mean, this this is just a complete drop-off. You have a 10-0 and run, then you have an 0-6 debacle, and, and then you go 2-2 two and two in your last four games. You don't win a game in your tournament. I, I mean, but again, it, it's like you said, it comes down to the money, comes down to selling tickets. How can you keep Trey Young out of the NCAA tournament? But the team is eighteen and thirteen, and Syracuse is twenty and thirteen. So, and Syracuse has a lot of quality wins and one one bad loss. So, Syracuse head to head with Oklahoma, despite Trey Young and how good he is. Syracuse again. Syracuse is not playing Trey Young. Trey Young's not trying to get in the tournament. Oklahoma is, and Syracuse nineteen different ways by Tuesday beats out Oklahoma if there's only one spot left. Agreed, absolutely. So, I mean... I, I, to, I totally agree with that. Especially the fact that, like, that the only only thing that the, the committee can look at and say is that the Big 12 was probably stronger than the ACC as an overall conference this year. Big 12 was probably the best conference this year, in my opinion. Big 12 and probably the Big 10. And, and, and the only, it, That's the only thing they can look at. So why so? Why why do you say the Big Ten and the Big Twelve probably better in your opinion? I, I just think the, the quality of all the teams were was, was pretty good, especially the Big Twelve. It was just it's one of the best that I've seen in top of all, even though Kansas won again. I think a lot of teams gave them a win this year. A lot of teams gave them a win this year. And the ICC was actually pretty good as well. But the Big Ten was was very dominant with Michigan, Michigan State.
if I go to the nursery right side and they're not playing at the North Carolina, we, we're good, but they've had times when we're at the Florida State was up and down. So I'm saying, all of you guys have lost the things that they haven't lost to. We see the most of I just felt like, as a whole, the Big 12 was a better conference this year. But I'm also thought only the teams in the ACC were down this year as well. Yeah, you know, I just I think it's I, I think it's you know kind of funny um, looking at something while you were talking here. Speaking of the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the ACC, Maryland, who Syracuse beat by two points, seventy-two to seventy. I just find this funny. I, I, I'm gonna put them all in a row. So Maryland, Syracuse, and Oklahoma all finished conference play with eight wins and ten losses in the regular season. Okay. Oklahoma didn't win a game in their tournament. Maryland didn't win a game in their tournament. Syracuse won a game in their tournament. Maryland is 19 and 13. Oklahoma's 18 and 13. Syracuse is 20 and 13. So what other discussion needs to be had? I mean, it, it, when, I, when I look at these teams and I look across the board and I see 8-10, 8-10, 8-10, and then I see all with 13 losses, and then Syracuse beats Maryland, and then Oklahoma has two, you know, they had a debacle down the stretch, and they have two less wins than Syracuse. I mean, to look at to look at that, just to just line it up together, there's not a question that Syracuse gets in. And like I tell people all the time, I always say this in situations like last year and this year. I say, is Syracuse better than a 16 seed? Now, oh, what do you mean? Of course they are, Dan. Okay, well, then they deserve to be in the tournament. If they're better than a 16 seed, they deserve to have a spot in the tournament because that answers my question. They're never going to put them in as a 16. In, 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 my, in, my, in my opinion, in all honesty, with, with the way the, entry, the committee has the tournament, uh, the way they're running it and, and, and have the team set up, there's no way that Syracuse doesn't get in. Even if it's a, a low seed, like a, a 13, 14, only if you put us in as a 16, I just believe we deserve to be in. Our, our body of work shows we deserve to be in. We've done it with, with six to eight of teams. There are really two guys running the show, two to three guys running the show at any given time. And I, I think the thing that helps Syracuse, well, I know it helps Syracuse, is out of the four games that were played in the ACC quarterfinals, as Wake Up Calls down here broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York, Louisville lost, Notre Dame lost, BC lost. So Syracuse loses in the second round, and then here's the ACC quarters and say, okay, so who can get an, who can, who can get a, a victory on top of this to make a case? Notre Dame falls convincingly to Duke. And then you see, you know, BC go back and forth with Clemson in a really good game. And then Louisville gets, you know, spanked by Virginia. So Syracuse beats Louisville head-to-head, so they have that. And then Notre Dame beats Syracuse at the buzzer head-to-head. So Notre Dame has a case to make for themselves. And the committee might look at the fact that Bonzi Colson was out for 15 games and the team went 7-8 and eight in, in that stretch and whatnot. But then, you know, to look at Boston sure. College, Syracuse split with them. So, you know, I, I, and if it's up to me and I'm the committee and I'm going Oklahoma, like teams like Oklahoma, Maryland, BC, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville, this, that, and the other, I'm taking – 
probably the ACC. I'm taking. I'm going to give Boston College a shout because I think they're dangerous. I might give Notre Dame a shout. I don't know if I'm necessarily giving Louisville a shout. I'm giving Syracuse one. Uh, I mean, for me, in all honesty, I know the ACC right now. Some people are predicting that the ACC is going to send nine of fifteen schools, but Syracuse should be in the mix somewhere in here because you got Miami as a seven seed and Syracuse took them down. And then right now Clemson, who Syracuse defeated, who is in the final four of the ACC tournament, and they're a five seed at this moment. So how can you say that a team that took down a five and a seven in the prediction-wise doesn't deserve to at least be a play-in game in Dayton, Ohio? Yeah, that's definitely tricky because if you remember my team when I was there, I believe we finished either fourth or fifth in the Big East, and we didn't get into the tournament. But yet, six cuts. They, they they took what they took the uh, first, second, third, fourth, skipped us, and then took the sixth and seventh team in our conference. Yeah, to get into the tournament, which was crazy. And we beat Georgetown to end the season, and we beat Georgetown to end the season. And they were number three in the country, I believe. But it's just, you never really know what, what the committee thinks. And I feel like every year it's something different than the Bills years. So, I mean, I thought we got snubbed last year. So, because we got snubbed last year, and this year, like I said, I think we can definitely make a deep one if they just give us that opportunity. That coming from Terrence Roberts. And I think we can say, Terrence, that very few teams in Syracuse history, let alone in the country, can get to 20 wins in a conference like the ACC with five players and no help off the bench. Agreed. I mean, North Carolina's got a starting five and another five, and then their friggin' walk-ons were scoring at the end of the game against Miami. So, you know, it's like they they played – Roy Williams played 15 players and 12 of them scored. Syracuse would love the opportunity to have – eight players and have them all score. So, I mean, and that's half. So, you know, when when we look at the scenarios and what Syracuse has had to go up against with teams that have 11, teams that have 12, teams that have 13, teams that have eight guys, nine guys, 10 guys, Syracuse is saying, okay, we have our starting five, and Matt Moyer used to be in it. Now he's not. So the best guy off the bench, Marek Dolajai, is now a starter. We don't have any depth at point guard. Howard Washington wasn't playing. Then he got hurt. And Barama Sidibe, who's supposed to bring some depth and do some good things, hasn't been healthy all year. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to look at Notre Dame and say, well, we kind of feel bad for you guys that you lost Bonzi for 15 games, how about the fact that Syracuse didn't have anybody coming off the bench the entire season, for the most part, that was consistent let alone healthy, in the season. Yeah, I agree. We've once again been put in a tough situation as fans and alumni. You know, we, all we can do at this point is hope for the best and really hope that we get some help from the teams that are all of these high-ranked teams and hope that they can win out their tournaments and, and make this decision even easier for the committee for us. And, and the thing about it, speaking here with Terrence Roberts, Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History, the thing about it, Terrence, is the fact that Syracuse has once again put their destiny in the hands of the committee, and we all know that it's kind of like an ex-girlfriend who you want to call at 3 a.m., but you know eventually she's going to go crazy on you again, 
and you're going to have to slam the door and change your number. That's how the committee is with Syracuse. It's like, I want to call you. I want to be around you. I want to state my case. I never cheated. I'm here for you. I love you, babe. And then after two weeks, you're like, why in the hell did I call that girl? Why am I here again? (laughs) I agree totally, man. I agree. It's one of those things that you you love to hate. You think you can live without it, but you really can't. So you just have to deal with the circumstances of, of whatever's presented in front of you. So any way you put it, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year because it's really up in the air as to who's going to win and how far anyone's going to go. But it's pretty, if you pretty much look at it, most teams have about 10 losses. So it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I definitely feel like that it's the – it's the year of the upset. And I had said that earlier on in the season and, and some, you know, very intelligent person on social media, hopefully you can sense my sarcasm, had they're they're like, Oh yeah, oh Dan, there's there's upsets every year. That's just how it I was like, go back and read what I said. This is the year of the upset. It's not that teams are gonna get upset. There's gonna be one, two, three, or four. It's the fact that this to me, three weeks in, I was like, This season's gonna be insane. And it has it has not disappointed. And what I meant by my statement at the beginning that this is the year of the upset is that way before March Madness, we were going to see some big time wins, and we did. And I think that you know that's you know like teams like Wofford winning big time games, St. Bonaventure getting back on the map, Buffalo being on the map, Old Dominion back to party. You know, we we look at Michigan and what Michigan's done the last couple of years. I know that people are like, well, Dan, that's not an upset. That's a Big Ten. Michigan hasn't been above the Michigan states in recent history. It's been all about Tom Tom Izzo in the Big Ten and Auburn's coming up. The SEC is actually given some more talent than just Kentucky this year. You know, Gonzaga's. Not, Gonzaga's not a number one seed, but they're still in this thing fighting. We see the Big East Tournament blowing things up. We see the American Athletic blowing things up. This, to me, looked like the year of the upset in the beginning of the season, and it's not disappointing me. And, and what I meant by it was March Madness got started a whole lot earlier this year, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. We, it, it, it got started mid-January with the madness where everyone was just no one could believe what was going on really the NCAA. Every, everyone's losing. And, I mean, it, so, some of it's been tough to watch outside of outside of some of these teams, outside of your mainstream teams. Some of this has been, it's been tough to watch with guys not playing well. I mean, it's been a, a boatload of injuries that have just annihilated teams. You got Michael Porter coming back, and he just looked like a shell of himself, so I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting for the rest of the season. I look forward to it. Absolutely. That coming from Terrence Roberts, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum and somebody who I always love having on the show. Terrence, we need to hang out because you're in Rochester and I'm in Syracuse. But here's the fun thing about it. Because because you made me wait to set up this conversation, you got to buy dinner. I ain't buying dinner the first time. Uh, I got you. This one's on me. <laughs> All right. So you, you buy dinner on this one. Then we'll go from there. Maybe we'll throw some bracket challenge stuff at each other, and whoever loses that one have to buy dinner again. All right. Sounds All right. Good. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll definitely be in touch with you, and I look forward to talking with you soon. I appreciate you having me on. Go Cues.